What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. A shorter episode. Uh, Steve and I were a little bit busy this week, so we can only allot about 35 to 40 minutes of our time, but we recapped the action that took place this past weekend in powerlifting. Starting with Carolina Primetime, Steve and I were there commentating it, and Megan and Marshall Powell absolutely killed it with this meet. Big-time roster, world-class roster, excellent production, they did a brilliant job. So we do a little condensed recap, just really giving our takes on some of the performances we saw, along with Girl Power that took place in France. Again, giving our quick takes on that. We were busy, so we didn't really get to watch the meet as it was unfolding. But we still have takes, like to White Lights fashion. We're going to have takes on anything. And also, we rank the three best performances of the weekend. So shorter episode, but a lot to listen to. Make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review there as well. We're also available on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating there as well. Go on twowhitelights.com. Subscribe there. You can listen to the podcast along with visit our shop. We got a whole lot of merchandise that you are going to want. Make sure you are going on the shop and use all the promo codes that we have. Go to Marcellus's page, Kyle's Miller, uh, Kyle Project Strutting's page, Solana Lewis, Steve Denovi, myself. We all have discount codes to help you save some money. So make sure you're going on twowhitelights.com and saving yourself some money. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. And as promised, I'm joined by Steve Denovi, who makes an excellent bunk mate, by the way. We just got back from Carolina, and we're going to recap what has been a pretty eventful weekend in powerlifting. I mean, they don't. I'm not referred to as Steve after dark because I'm not a good cuddler. Yeah. Like I make a great big, I make a great big spoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girlfriend and the wives are completely okay with it. We got a, yeah. we got a little, we got a little, like a couple weekends a year. They get, allow us like a, a hall pass. Yeah. So I was about to say, time. We, we get hall we get a few hall passes a year and uh, it was good to be in. It was good to have that hall pass in South Carolina, but we both, Got to see Carolina Primetime live and up close. And um, we weren't going to do like a full recap. We're just kind of recapping the entire weekend. But, I mean, it lived up to the hype. We had like a front runner of one of the better meets of the year in Carolina Primetime. I mean, can I say most competitive local meet ever? Yeah. I mean, is there there anything that's ever been better? Yeah, local-esque meet. Because it does qualify as a pro meet because of all the pro lifters lifting uh, lifting at that meet, but it's still a local meet. Well, no, like it these qualifies are... as it qualifies as pro because of the money. Oh, it's really? Five thousand oh, or more. Okay. Five thousand dollars or more in prize money. It's Wait, considered a pro meet. What if there's no pros doing it? That has nothing to do with it. The, oh, this is this this predates the pro series. It's okay. some weird thing that I didn't know existed. It oh. predates the pro right. series that if you give out more than five thousand dollars or more, it's considered a pro meet. That that that's some weird thing that I never knew existed until this meet. 
Um, yeah, so it has nothing to do with the pro lifters being in it. Um, so, but yeah, whatever it may be, I mean, it was insane. I mean, we saw, we saw some of the best performances in history, not just like of the year or like of like the meet or like in USAPL. I'm talking like worldwide, some of the best performances we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw Natalie Richards hit, I believe, the highest total ever for a female. Let's just call her 57 kilos. I mean, she weighed at 57.38. She didn't cut. She could have easily made weight if she wanted to. Highest total ever, which is very impressive because, like, we're, we're using Joy. She, Everyone's like, oh, you got to travel. And when, when you go to Worlds, you're traveling, and Joy hit, what, four 477.5 at Worlds? Well, she did a meet in England, which doesn't require travel because she's from Great Britain hit 495 all right well natalie didn't have to travel and she hit 501 with more in the tank mm -hmm. then we saw celine which celine continues to be a machine that's mm -hmm. the best way to describe her makes sense why it's her nickname i mean she like openly was saying like i don't think she she really got like hard in the prep until like five or six weeks ago and like blue i think she told what hit like a 15 or 20 pound total pr mm -hmm. with more in the tank on squat and bench we got Jen Thompson. If people didn't know, Jen Thompson drank up a weight class. I tried to see if I could get some info from her. She didn't respond to me soon enough. She drank up a weight class purposefully to break the 67 and a half kilo American record. That's the only reason she weighed in or the 76, 76 kilo American record. So now that she holds the 60, the 67 and a half and the 76 and all American records, I mean, they're all be world records too. And then we got Serene who would be, arguably the second or third best 52 kilo in the lifter in the world right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, rounding about too with uh, Keona peak there uh, with her performance puts her right up there as far as the best in her weight class uh, when nationals was around like that on the female side, it was unbelievable to watch and the performances were incredible. Uh, on top of that, they all came hit their lifts they, uh, I, I think, had perfect meets. And, I mean, I, I guess it wasn't the head-to-head -head performance of Celine versus Natalie like we got at Nationals and then prior competitions. But they still put on a show, and it was just a world-class performance. Joining Amani and Natalie Richards is the matchup, I think, that people really want to see. And they're very similar lifters. And it's going to be interesting what happens, actually, when they do match up because it's going to have to be on a world stage. Natalie's going to have to travel. We're going to see how that affects her. and We're going to see just an added element to what has been two really, I mean, just phenomenal powerlifting careers. Celine, I mean, he, he puts herself in position to potentially win the pro series as well. Um, when the Arnold rolls around, she is going to be one of the favorites to win the finals. Um, our best mm -hmm. overall lifter when that uh, happens. And now she's going to do the Virginia pro. So, I think a lot of competitions, I think a good amount of competitions going forward. I don't know if I necessarily would recommend that you do that, speaking from experience, of course. But she's doing it. She's game. Virginia Pro, I think, though, is going to be a solid payday for her. Because I, I think at that yeah. meet, it's well, going to be Sam Calhoun, Jasmine Penn, and her. Well, two things about the VA Pro. One, that'll be a nice little preview. Because really, we're likely looking at maybe Sam and Gabby and Celine as the front runners, I think. Yeah. Since unfortunately, I mean, Natalie obviously bombed out at national, so she can no longer be in the pro series finale. Um, Celine didn't cut and was only two dots points behind Sam. 
So it'll be interesting. The VA Pro gives a little bit of insight. I, I, I do wonder, I don't have any confirmation of this. I feel like maybe maybe Celine did the VA Pro because it offers a bit of motivation to stay like hard dedicated into training because it sounded like she had a little bit of a rut post-national. So maybe hopping right into the VA Pro like keeps this momentum building mm-hmm. and it'll actually be a good thing for her where some people, you like, great, like yourself, doing the VA Pro and the Arnold was kind of like, ah, that was too much where I wonder for her that like kind of keeps the motivation and momentum rolling for her where it actually benefits her in the long run. Well, but actually a payday too. Like for me, I, I would have been lucky if I could get fifth at the Virginia Pro. She is, I, I almost guaranteed a top five spot and they're splitting the prize money between men and women. So it's a payday. Um, For me, like if you're going to get money out of it, like that is an actual good meet to do because you could possibly put a cap on your lifts and walk away with some money, which is always a positive. Um, And then, I mean, you got that. And I mean, Celine, you can kind of go a bunch of ways with her is the USAPL currently IPF route, potentially in the future, adding to that Stack 63 kilo weight class. It's exciting. And then Jen Thompson, whenever Jen Thompson competes, you're expecting a massive bench, which we got a fantastic performance as well. She absolutely killed it. And the big, the big takeaway for me, as far as the females go was Serene uh, Metzinger. Schmetzi had herself a big, big meet. And this I guess should not have been her breakout meet, but I don't know if it's going to be your breakout meet because it almost gets buried in the fray of legendary performances um, from the world, some of the world's best female lifters. But Serene had every bit of a world-class performance. She is up there top five within, you know, multiple weight classes on the drug-tested side. And she's going to put herself as a heavy, heavy favorite going into nationals. Like, to me... That's what I came out of the meet really remembering was a lifter who had their breakout and we should have got it one year sooner, but she didn't do nationals, but we got it now and she's got 10 months to go to nationals. We might be seeing just, you know, that the next superstar in the USAPL, the next national champion, the next person we see at the Arnold uh, finals and wherever route she wants to take, she can take it and have tremendous success. Yeah, I agree. Cause I, th- I mentioned it to her. I think I might mention on the live stream that like it, walking away from this meet, that might be my most memorable performance because what Natalie and Celine and Jen did were amazing, but I, I don't want to say we expected it, but like that was within the wheelhouse of what we thought was going to be there. We knew that was on the cards for them. We knew they were already amazing lifters. Serene was kind of the one like, holy cow, that's the third best total in the 52, 52 kilo class in all of the world right now. And mm-hmm. I mean, like right now she would win nationals like on openers pretty much. And we have soft, I'm going to say, I'm going to well, I told her, I'm not going to say soft. I'm going to say we have confirmation. Because I told her I would say this on Two White Lights because we were, me and me and uh, Sean Noriega, if people didn't know, Serene used to be one of the Nori powerlifting coaches before she decided to purdue her her graduate. I think she's actually working on her PhD, right? Yeah. Um, and so she had to take a step back from being a Nori coach. So she's, she's she knows Sean very well. Um, we both were in her comments getting a hard commitment to nationals and she, she gave us a, a, a seemingly soft commitment, but I said I was announcing it on two white lights so that it made it official and she can't back out. Yeah. But it, it does sound like location and time-wise it worked for her so she can actually show up. But I mean, she, I mean, yeah, if it wasn't, I mean, I would say her break 
freak out me would have happened earlier because she's done a 420 total, I think, before. Yeah. It's just she's not super social media big. Well, she's just busy with other things. It was that, and I think if she'd done nationals, she would have been a person you were not ex- – um, I'm talking about 2021 nationals in Daytona. If she would have done that nationals, she would have been a person you weren't expecting to get top three, and she would have got top three, in my opinion, if she would have done that meet. But she didn't. So, like, it it dep- it matters on who's competing, when you compete, when you could actually have that true breakout meet. Because same thing with Brandon Petrie in 2021 when he did a Carolina primetime. That should have been his breakout meet. But the Virginia Pro was. Same thing with Natalie Richards, too. That should have been their breakout meet. But Nationals happened a week after, so you got like, oh, what an amazing performance from Petrie and Natalie Richards. And then Nationals happens, and you get Taylor Atwood, Ashton Ruska, Russ Orhe, Amanda Lawrence. Everything gets a loss after that happens. There's a massive recency bias in powerlifting. And with Serene, I mean, I I could say the same thing's going to happen to her now because you had four performances that – are three performances in front of her that are, you know, world-class, legendary, and the names are already known. Like, Natalie Richards no longer needs that breakout performance because she is Natalie Richards. Celine Crum, national champion. Jen Thompson, absolute legend. So you have those competitors that you're trying to, you know, compare yourself to and uh, walk away with potentially a spotlight, but I think we're going to have to wait a little bit for nationals, and then that's where we're going to get it where people are going to yep. be talking about Schmetzi for um, a long time, for a really, really yep. long time. I was just talking about nationals and how placings would stack up. I mean, the crazy thing is Jen Thompson total would have beat Sam Calhoun at nationals and placed second. Yeah. Jen Thompson seemingly is ageless, continues to get stronger. And Keona Peak would have moved from fourth up to second behind Daniela Mello, only 10 kilos behind Daniela Mello. And that's going to be very interesting to see in that weight class as well is Keona P because Keona P has those performances where it looks like she perfectly calls her attempts. Things look easy. She's got a, a, I mean, a a lot of room to grow as well, just by the way she lifts. Everything seems effortless. That means your technique is on points. When you can start fine tuning those other things, wouldn't it be something if Keona P could beat Daniela Mello? That would be a big feather in the cap. Progressing. This is, this is 12 and a half kilos over what she did. She's still progressing. And like you said, she doesn't really miss. She hits all of her lifts. Everything looked easy. I honestly feel like she almost had 570 based off of how much she left in the tank on some of her lifts. So that will be very, very interesting. And just a, 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 we're going to get into the other big meet that happened this weekend, but I'm going to kind of somewhat uh, branch over. This is a local USAPL meet. If I'm using dots and taking the five top dots from the women, Versus the tie five top dots from the girl power meet, which was, I mean, a lot of women from all over the world um, from the IPF. Uh, only a three and a half point difference mm-hmm. on the average of the top five. Mm-hmm. This was basically, uh, I mean, I could argue this was like a world level girl power meet. And uh, a little a little USAPL elitist thing too is Carolina primetime had higher average viewers than girl power did. Yeah, I mean, are we going to talk about that now? Because I had some takes about the the that like the viewership on that. 
You want to get into the men's side first? Do we want to come back around to the men? I don't yeah, we can. The men well, because we'll probably get an Instagram post made about us if we do. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, we can we can circle back around to the men. But with the girl power meet with the viewerships, I was just surprised. And I think it adds to the take of, I don't think females in powerlifting support female powerlifting as much as one would expect. Because look at that lineup of lifters. That's something that's yeah, very that's viewable. I mean, it's got Jess Bittner, Heather Connor, and then you you have your females around the world. Um, Kiara did it, uh, Bernardi, and uh, Iris. And then I, I, actually, the person who got second is it's Kirsten, right? I gotta redo it. I have it sorted by dots, and dots changes. Yeah, it's it all good lift like points. Kiara Bernardi, she would have won. Yeah, Kiara Bernardi would have won if it wasn't for Kiara Bernardi would have won off of dots. Uh, Kristen. Yeah, I'm not pronouncing it. The ice. Well, Carl's <laughs> daughter. It's it's not even like it's written in. I don't. Yeah. That language. It doesn't. It's not even written. In, but yeah, that was probably the best performance of the meet. You mm-hmm. kind of brought this to my attention because I mean, the grand scheme of things, I don't know. Heather really prioritized this. Jessica Bittner definitely didn't prioritize this. I don't know how many of these lifters like truly like, peaked and prioritized. You could kind of so tell one thing about it. I mean, a little bit because um, Bernardi from her world's performance, I think she made an increase in her total. Um, and Kristen had like the best meet of her career. So that was like the best performance considering uh, just what they've done in the past. But that meet, I, I, I guess, you know, there wasn't a ton of hype surrounding it. I know Jess, when she said she was four weeks out from a meet, I'm like, oh, okay. I wasn't even, I didn't even know she was doing a meet. And then it turned out to be this one. And then I found out like, I think she was prepping for it for about four weeks. So I mean, I, I guess you get that, but at the same time, like, I I thought they should just get quick views. Carolina primetime, I guess, is a bit different because it's a local-esque meet, so a lot of people are tuning in to watch their friends and, you know, to watch your um, people at that gym or within the area compete, and also you got the added, you know, world-class performers, but I was surprised to see the viewership, and I think if female powerlifting is going to grow, which there's a ton of female powerlifters in the sport – the viewership and live stream is important. I think it's got to be higher. I was expecting it to be higher. Yeah. I mean, it is true. I, I mean, I guess to clarify on kind of what you're saying, in case people don't understand what you mean by women supporting women. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is if we do a, a men's podcast preview, yeah, we have very high ratings on two white lights. Mm-hmm. If we do a women's, we do not have as high of ratings. We do both. We're not going to not do both of them, but we have less women in comparison listen to the women's previews than the men listening to the men's previews, and that we see that a lot in sports in general. Because who, who's the main who's the main consumer of sports media? Men. Yeah. It, it, I mean, generally, men tend to be, and we see that on the powerlifting side too. When we have a meet like this, it, if this was a men's only meet, you would probably see a lot more viewership, not because men are more impressive, but more men would watch men versus the opposite. Less women will tune in to watch women lift. And on top of that, isn't it an awesome idea for a meet? Just females I being invited for it. I love, it. For, I love this meet. I believe it's an invite only meet. That is a, a, a great idea. It looked cool too. It's inviting. So you have all these things going its way to have this really highly publicized viewed meets. And then I, I still think it's, it did solid as far as live stream views, but not as much as I would expect. And we've seen evidence in this in other sports. I think people are forgetting like how 
the, the, the Ronda Rousey era in the UFC, how huge it was, she was the main eventer. She was the headline grabber. Sports bars were filled with people watching Ronda Rousey, and it was men and women, but there was a lot more women in sports bars watching Ronda Rousey fight. That shows that they can be the headline, they can get as much play as men, but it takes a dual effort in supporting it, but I think it lags behind the females not viewing those those meets. So, I don't know. It, it is a I, maybe a cultural thing or just a different practices between, like, what males and females do. Just dudes like watching sports, and females do too, but not as at the same capacity as, like, men. So, I don't know. Because I, I love the meat idea. I want to see more of it. Like, female-only meets – Awesome lifters throughout the world. I mean, that's preview worthy. That's recap worthy. Yeah, if I wasn't busy, I would have been tuning into this because I mean, I mean, that's, the lineup was stacked. I mean, with Jessica and Heather alone, I mean, that's two hundred thousand plus followers between them. I mean, those are the two of the biggest names in all powerlifting. So it was a really, really cool meet. So yeah. um, it's just, I mean, if, if we're comparing, like I said, head to head, though, like it, the only downside of this meet and why it's it, it's probably not going to get as much social media attention after as well, because I just, I just don't know if a lot of these lifters like really peeked into it. Jessica just kind of went in to hit some lifts. Heather had a pretty decent day. I think she had a better day than she had at worlds. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely had a better day than she had at it worlds. Was, but it was kind of like, there's um, some more of a, a, a smarter attempt selection, like kind of a safe attempt selection. Just yeah. based on what I'm and saying. It looked like she had it Good by bench. her. Good bench though. By her second deadlift mm. too. Yep. Um, well, wrapping back around, the men's side did not disappoint at no, Carolina Primetime. We said it would be ultra competitive, and it was ultra competitive. Um, I mean, it, it kind of started getting shook up on second attempt squats. That's where, like, all of us, it, it, it yeah. got shook up pretty early because we had Dan, Cody, Andre, and Trey all miss their second attempt squats. Um, and then we saw, we saw Anas hit about what he thought he would. And then Marcus just really showed out. Mm -hmm. obviously that was the headline of the meet on the men's side is Marcus putting together that full meet he's been working towards for a while um, and having the meet of his life. Um, it was still pretty crazy coming down to final pulls though. Mm -hmm. We had a NOS pull in the first momentarily. We talked on the live stream, how Marcus didn't need as much as he did, but I don't think it really mattered to him. He wanted to make sure to like highlight the meat with that big deadlift, which I don't, I would, I would have done as well. Um, he pulls back in the first, and then we had Andre in third, but then Trey, Dan, Cody, and maybe Jalen all tried to pull in the third place over Andre. And unfortunately, we just had a bunch of misses. Like we had a great, some great effort, but there wasn't actual jockeying for position because there's a lot of misses, but it, it was close. I mean, mm -hmm. we had how many men? 500 plus dots. We'll pull it up. I think it was seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah, you, you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. So yeah, it, it definitely didn't disappoint as far as the battles go, and you got a little bit of everything too, because I think it was a war, but then you kind of got to see the two guys who are hitting their lifts pull away from it, and that was Anas and Marcus. Um, but then you you like that's how the battle unfolds, and I actually think that could be entertaining as well. Like, of course, it'd be great to see four pull for the win scenarios, but then when your attention is going towards squat, like, oh my God, this person missed her second, 
attempt, what are they going to do for their third? And you saw that a lot. Um, some execution problems with a lot of the lifters, and Marcus and Anas were the sharper lifters of the bunch. But, you know, you got a little bit of uh, the different types of lifters. The veteran lifters had the upper hand. Anas, Marcus, they're used to big meets. Andre, he's veteran-esque. He hasn't competed as frequently as he wanted to. You know, life and, you know, situations get in the way of that. People, you know, like Serene Metzinger, he, that damn PhD gets in the way of her powerlifting career. Um, and, and it happens. But Andre doesn't compete as frequently as Anas and Marcus. But then you got uh, Trey and JJ, who are young lifters. Dan Hell is starting the ascension of becoming one of the, you know, a, uh, a top 10 type lifter and Cody Yeager. He was in it for a long time because I think of his veteranship and he had a weird meet too. He was just like, I think yeah. if things went a little bit differently as far as just those weird red lights, as far as foot movements go, which it was the correct call. It just doesn't get called that often. And it's a rule in powerlifting that people forget about. But if that goes a little bit differently for him, his bench press, he is squatting is he's benching in flats or he's benching in heels, moves to flats his bench gets a you know a big kick from his first to third attempt, and he puts himself in position to potentially pull for third, and I wasn't even expecting that. So you got best of both worlds, but like you let off with, Marcus was the man of the hour, and he deserves to be because that was the best muscle man Marcus we've ever seen. Apparently, he silenced the haters. I didn't know that uh, giving objective takes on a podcast was hating on someone, but he was very cordial and nice to me in person. Um but I think yeah, he probably first thing he, I did after the, he probably dislikes yeah, you first, more. We've always been cool and tight. <laughs> in person, he was nice to me too. I for, literally the first thing I did when I walked out of the live stream room is I went up to him, congratulated him, gave him a fist bump. Yeah, I, there well, wasn't any saying, talk to me in person. Yeah, well, um, well, because I think though, I mean, I don't know if I was included on this, but I did at least have him second. Did your Solana have him in the top three? Solana had him in the top three. Okay, you did not. I had Trey and then Jalen third. <laughs> I said, but we, 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 so if anyone doesn't know, we purposely make differentiating picks when things are close to make it interesting. Yeah. And we all said between Marcus and Nas, Andre, Trey, Dan, and Jalen, I think those are the, the six we talked about. Any combination of those could possibly be top three. Like it wouldn't surprise me. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I, any of them, they- but if people don't know, we do do like differentiating picks because it makes it more fun versus us picking the same people every single time. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, that's a little bit inside baseball there, but at the same time, like when I was looking at the roster, I saw Anas and Marcus. I'm like, I'm going to put those two guys in my top three and Anas, <laughs> Anas. It's a little bit of a different story too. If he just hits that last bench press, because we were both yeah. watching it. And initially we thought it was, butt, even though like, and then when we got that center, Judge giving the red light and giving the yellow card infraction. We're like, well, that can't be butt. And we're like, oh, dear God, did he jump a press command or a rack command? Because we talk about veteranship, and that's not a that's not a veteran mistake, that's for sure. That's a bit of a rookie mistake. But uh yeah, Anas, we gotta fix some things. I mean, you I mean you you coach him. These primetime meets. Just some second places in a lot of them, and I, that one could have, that one could could have potentially been fixed. I still think with the Nas hitting that third bench press, or yeah, uh, Marcus would have loaded up something to 
overtake well, him. Because I, I thought he was I thought he was over seven seventy one that day. Yeah, he had more. I, I still think Mar- Marcus would have won. I put it I put it in my Instagram post. If Anas hit that to out dots what Marcus eventually hit, he would have needed to pull 302.5, which I think Anas could have put 302 mm-hmm. on the day. He told me he had 305. But Marcus, I I think had up to 355, maybe even 357. And so like he, he would have been able to do it. I, I don't think it would have changed it too much. It just would have been maybe a little bit more dramatic and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and the next thing we're going to see is Marcus at the Virginia pro. He puts himself in a really good position for that hundred kilo weight class, which opens up a little bit when nationals rolls around. So Marcus is on the ascension and it's good to see because it's been, it's been a long time. And I won't even say a long time because it just seemed like every single meet, even when he was at the 83s and in the top three, we never got to see that performance, even though he was that good. He was that good on going five for nine and six for nine. And we finally saw nine for nine, and this is what it is. He could possibly win nationals at 100 kilos. Yeah, I think it'll be him and Jonathan Hill next year. That's who we'll be talking about. Oh, man. And then they should have a pose off afterwards. They should both just get shredded. Absolutely shredded and just have a pose off after the competition. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was good chess match too um, with Anas. And then you look at the future for, you know, Anas again, that 75 kilo weight class, definitely a top contender. Andre Easter, hopefully like similar to Serene. Hopefully I could see him at nationals in a 90 kilo weight class. Cause he's still got the lifts. He's still got the numbers. And then Trey and JJ, they're young lifters. So the development of them is going to be sick. JJ still, I mean, I know it's not the performance he wanted, but the kid's an absolute unit. I think we're, you know, we're, we have Bob vibes from him going off vibes alone. Uh, JJ is up there and Dan Howell, I think uh, a bit of an off meet for him, but we're all, I mean, he's, he's going <laughs> to, he might take away headlines for all these meets that he do because of his potential deadlift. His deadlift is stunning. I, I don't know what they do at Odyssey, but the the de- the deadlifters at Odyssey are just absolutely ridiculous with Eric Lapointe and Dan Howell. Yeah, there needs to be a corrupted strength versus Odyssey deadlift off. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who. Would, yeah, corrupted has. It's, it's who would make the team because so many people like people think they lift at corrupted, but they don't because it's just like the gym to go to. That's true. And to visit. Yeah, um, that's tough. Yeah, Easy. and. You- All right. Well, you want to go? We're keeping up our new top three segment, and like we'll just do top three performances of the week and ranking everyone. I don't know. Just, I, kinda, I mean, all I, in total. I kind of want to talk about more rookie mistakes, and a big rookie mistake okay. is not buying Leflar Bros. That's a rookie mistake. If you're a veteran in the sport, you get Leflar Bros merchandise because it's the best. It's the best looking merchandise in powerlifting. Go to LeflarBros.com, follow them on Instagram, and check out the merchandise. They're coming up with new t shirt t-shirt designs they make you look good from head to toe they got dope fresh new designs they make you look good in the gym out the gym on the platform off the platform left floor bros is going to make you look pretty me and steve look pretty he's going to keep his hands off me that's because i was wearing the left floor bros joggers it's crazy yeah. but we had to have a lot of socks during the weekend i know i mean it was getting a little bit uncomfortable but a good thing the socks were there right or yeah, socks came in clutch. Or the yeah, the room Thank service. Yeah, the room service. I don't even know if they would have covered that. They would have probably told us to clean it up on ourselves. So use that promo code two WL fifteen to save yourself some money on Leflar Bros merchandise. That is two WL fifteen. All right. So 
We love countdowns. We love ranking things. This weekend was full of fantastic performances, and it's going to be hard to limit it to three. I'm going to say that right now. I think we might yeah, have completely be... different lists. I don't – how are – well, so. you want me to go first? You go on first, then. I don't I, – I, only one I have trouble with is third. Yeah, because I, I think I'm just going to go a different route on you. I'm going one Natalie. Okay. I mean, that – I think we're going to share that an one. An amazing performance. And one of the big things, too, she she did truly clean up her deadlift. Yeah. Like, I, I almost wonder if she looks back now at national. She's like, okay, yeah, I see a little bit of a difference of what I'm I, – I, I shouldn't say that. She obviously probably sees a difference from what she's doing now because, like, she was making a very concerted effort to really pull back at the top, and it looked so much better, and it looked so easy. She had so much more in the tank on deadlift, probably at least another 10 kilos. That looked fantastic, so great comeback meet from her to kind of get redemption there. Actually, number two through three is tough because for me, yeah. I mean, it's got to be. I, I'll give you number two on my end, uh, Suri Metzinger. That's my number two because of the breakout performance. You know, I mean, of course, it's not to it's not to take away from anyone else's performance like Celine's and Jen's and then what we had at Girl Power and then on the men's side. But Serene put on a clinic and it's it's been a year since we've seen her compete last. Actually, it's been over a year. And it just, that is the breakout meet of the weekend. And I like breakout meets, I think, more than those established lifter-type meets, um, which is kind of stupid to say. Sounds dumb. But, right, like, it's good to see new blood. It's good to see new blood in the sport. And we're talking about someone who I'm positive, unless you're in the, like, the know of powerlifting, you don't really know who Serene is. But she's. I, you talked me. Into, you talked me into it because I was debating her at two, and you talked me into it because I still don't even know who I'll go three. But like, I, I feel solid in putting her two because I think that was a surprise in the mm-hmm. sense of like some of the other ones we were expecting. Um, hers was the surprise that like elevates her to a new level, like that we didn't know. Like Jen, Jen and Celine are probably who I'm debating for second or for third. But like, I don't want to say it was completely expected, but that was in the wheelhouse of what they've done in the past. They continue to build upon it. They're already world champions or national champions. Serene elevated herself to that level that she wasn't before. So yeah, I'll say second most to Serene. And then I'll say, uh, it's hard between Celine and Jin for me. On one hand, Jin is ageless and somehow set another 10 kilo meat PR at 48 years old after we kind of thought, I mean, we talked about two white lights, how we kind of thought she'd hit her plateau and wasn't really going to yeah go much higher. And then she went higher at nationals and then she went higher here again. Mm-hmm. Um, Celine, on the other hand, continues to like to do things like not really like train more than two or three days a week until six weeks out or get married the week of a meet and then somehow like hit massive PR totals and go nine for nine. Like she's just becoming someone who doesn't miss. So I don't know which one's more impressive. I'm, I mean, uh, I, if I'm being honest, I'm surprised you're not mentioning Nick Stevens Jr. as number three. I mean, on deadlift setup alone, he's the best performance I mean, of the uh, best performance of the weekend. That that's a different level of performance. That's Steve <laughs> after dark performance. Steve after dark yeah, rankings. Nick Stevens Jr. is one, two, and three. That's the after hours. Yeah. So Nick Stevens Jr. is number one on the after hours edition of Two White Lights, which you could pay subscription based soon. 
It's not yet. We'll get the OnlyFans link going soon. Uh, for third, I mean, I, I want to put Marcus in there for third on my end because this was his breakout meet in the sense that everything went right. We saw cleaned up attempt selection, and I was kind of expecting a strong meet from because of how his training goes, but this could turn over a new stone in his career. It was, uh, it's funny because at 83 kilos, he was just too damn big. When he's on the show, he said, you know, I was just too damn big for the weight class and to move up. And I thought we would see this at 90 kilos from him. And it turns out it was 100 kilos. 100 kilos is where we're going to see these, uh, this really good performance um, and him figuring things out. Big thing with, with just watching his meet, his bench. His bench was tr- improved dramatically. If you look on open powerlifting and throughout his meets, struggles with the bench press. Able to go three for three on bench press this meet. You could if you figure one of those things out, if you figure out a lift, you become a you become 33% better in the sport. And sometimes that's all you need to put yourself from like a top five guy to a national champion. And that's what I saw from Marcus. I saw a cleaned up lifter. I saw a poised lifter. And he killed it. So he's my number three. All right. I can't completely argue with that. I guess I'm just, I'm looking at, I'm going to go with Celine because if my argument stands still, I look at Celine and literally like the world level competitiveness and she just moved herself. I mean, the third, the third best ever total mm-hmm. at 63 kilo. I, I legitimately think by the Arnold, we could be looking at like 525 ish, which is, it's still not beating Leah, but it's the first time someone's looked Leah esque. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I would agree with you on that one. I guess it's funny. It's like it's winning national championships, like a handicap in my mind. It's like, yeah, national champions do national champion championship thing, you know, or they do national yeah, championship. So it's like, they always do that. I'm expecting that out of Celine. I'm expecting that on Natalie and expecting that out of Jen. What I wasn't expecting out of it, what I was expecting out of was, um, Serene and Marcus. I, I just wasn't expecting those types of performances from them. And, they delivered on it. So that'll do it for this episode of Two White Lights. It was a quick one. We both have busy lives. I'm still in my work attire. You're dressed up for I'm a nice s- date night. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> no, I'm still in my workout. Yeah. I'm still in my workout fit. Yeah. You're uh yeah, you look yeah, just ridiculous. Um I'm hope yeah, I, I was Thank assuming you. you were gonna dress nice for your date uh tonight with your wife. I'll change real quick, maybe. No. They go out like that. Please go to a five-star restaurant and dress like that. I don't want to call you a USAPL junior lifter because they have way more style than what you're wearing. Um, you look like – I mean, you look like what Gage tries to wear to make himself That's the best compliment like I ass. could have gotten. Yeah. That's that's what Gage wears like, hmm, how can I look I extra prefer, I prefer the today? person that actually won that local meet, that, that kind of fit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Two White Lights. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.